Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Cognitive Recalibration Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Shravan. We've got Tyron here with us. Hey everyone. And today we're going to be talking about Dune. Dune. So I've actually got the, the actual pronunciation, so I did some research uh, around how to pronounce this very simple word. So there's mm. a, an American pronunciation and there's a British pronunciation. So the way we say it, which is June, which sounds like June, the month June is the British pronunciation, and then this is the uh, American pronunciation. Dune. That just sounds like a robot talking. It's actually pronounced like, like D O O N. Dune. 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 Yeah. British is J O O N. So June. June. Yeah. So we'll go with the American. June. Whatever we feel like. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to interchange it whatever during we this feel episode. Like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with, which is what we normally do anyway. We'll go with whatever we feel like it. Obviously, this came out a while ago. Uh, it had staggered releases across the world. I think it came out in America a couple of weeks ago and it had a simultaneous HBO Max release. So that's how we watched it. We'll, we'll get into our thoughts on what we thought of the movie and whether you should watch it in the cinema or not. So the way this review will be structured is I'll give you a bit of background on the movie and then we'll jump into our positives and negatives, all, all non-spoilers, and then we'll jump into spoilers after that because I know a lot of people still haven't seen this movie. A bit of background. So this is an adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel, which I have read. So you're also going to get a, a perspective from someone who has read the source material and someone who hasn't so you you haven't read it right and you don't you haven't seen the previous mm. movie either you haven't read it either don't lie oh, i've read half i've read half of it i've read well i've read you everything to that, it. i've read everything that happened in this yes well okay i see i see what you're getting yes. at you get, it's, 
You did read it. You yeah. did read the physical pages. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't read the. You listened okay. to someone reading it. Yeah. I, I listened to I listened to the audiobook of it, which is constantly pretty good. The the one on Audible for this who does one. it? Uh, it's they've got actually got a cast of different narrators, and it's got like sound effects okay. and stuff as well. So it's like it's pretty immersive. Okay, nice. If you want to get into the source material and you don't want to read like me. <laughs> Uh, the audiobook's actually pretty good, the one that's uh, available now on Audible. It's directed by Denis Villeneuve. Yes. Is he French? I think he's Canadian. Like French-Canadian. Okay, French-Canadian. Might need to confirm that, but I think he's, he's French-Canadian. They say his name in India as Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, correct pronunciation. pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, Denis Villeneuve directed this. Film. Have you seen his other movies? I've seen Arrival, which is quite good. And Blade Runner 2049. I've never seen Blade Runner 2049. I hear it's very good, though, but I've never seen it. I've seen uh, Sicario. Did he do Sicario? The first I've Sicario as well. he did, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's it. I haven't seen any of the others, but I hear they're all quite good. I've actually not seen any of his movies, so I really should watch them, but he's done other movies like Prisoners. And enemy, but yeah, he's. I guess he's more known for his more recent movies, which are Sicario: Arrival and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. But all up, I think he's done about ten movies, and they officially did announce June part two because uh, there was a a little period there where they weren't sure if they were going to get a part two for this. But it's been officially announced. Cast wise, it's got a pretty big cast, all pretty well known actors. The main character is Timothy Chalamet. I'm trying to think of a nickname. I'm trying to think of a nickname for Timothy Cham. What do you reckon of Tim Cham? No, I hate that. <laughs> Don't use that. <laughs> it sounds like Tim Tam, but it's yeah. not quite there. Um, we'll, we'll come up with something. Timmy C's? He's- Timmy Chow? Timmy C, yeah. He's not. Re- he doesn't really run in our circles, does he? Because he's more of a. It's more of an artsy slash. Uh, yeah, like artsy artsy films that he does more than blockbusters. I would say this is probably his first blockbuster. Yeah, and even this is not a normal type of blockbuster. Compared to even Denny Villeneuve's other films, I know a lot of people that just don't like them because they're quite slow and thoughtful. Slow. To be honest, this is more of a blockbuster than the other two I've seen. Okay, yeah. So well, the other two are very slow, like genuinely slow. Yeah. This is This has more that happens in it. Uh, yeah, I have a friend who watched Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and he said it was the worst experience he ever had in a cinema because it was so boring. I can understand that, but also all these movies are very beautiful. So if you just yeah, like visually. to look at stuff that looks nice, then yeah, yeah. If you like looking at like paintings, <laughs> like it's, it's like a visual painting. Like all of these movies are very visually yes. spectacular, and this is no different. Yeah, yeah. Other people in the cast is Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin. Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Batista, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Javier Bardem. So heaps of heaps of famous people in pretty minor roles, I would say, apart from yeah, apart from Timmy C. And I guess Rebecca Ferguson. She's a pretty prominent character in this and in the book. Mm. So she's features more. Um, the rest of them, I would say, they're they're not in that much. Music is by Hans Zimmer. We talked about this when we talked about Tenet, but basically the reason Hans Zimmer didn't do Tenet was because he was doing this movie. Which one's the better movie? 
probably this. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. This. Yeah. Uh, and the music is is no amazing. shot. The music is amazing in this. I, I, there'll be people that like Tenet yeah. more than this for sure, but I, I think this is just better in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, yeah. this movie has some stuff that doesn't make sense, but like I can I can kind of find a pathway where it makes sense. Tenet still doesn't make sense for me, yeah. whichever pathway I look at it. Uh, Maybe you could explain some stuff to me reading the book, though, because I think there's there's probably some points that they skipped over that yeah. would be interesting to know. So I would like to, yeah, when we get into positives and, positives and negatives and our non-spoiler review, I would like to ask you your thoughts in terms of how much you understood. Yeah, I mean, uh, other background stuff, like it, it's got a budget of $165 million, which is, yeah, it's a big budget movie, It's uh, and it looks big. And then blocks office-wise, it's done $241 million so far, which... It's pretty decent because it hasn't Australia's a small market, but it hasn't come out here yet, and it's had a staggered release across most of the world. So, and it's got that HBO Max simultaneous release in the US. So a lot of revenues probably lost out there. A bit of trivia on HBO Max. So out of all the HBO Max simultaneous releases, which one do you think got the most views? Oh, do they have the numbers? Do they know? Do they actually know it? There's this agency called Samba TV that measures how people watch streaming stuff. So they reported something around the numbers in terms of uh, which, like all the releases that Warner Brothers had this year on HBO Max. They said this one ranks, I think it was fourth. First one, Space Jam. No, oh, it's not, but Space Jam had more views than this. So Space Jam is ranked above this. The first one is actually Mortal Kombat. Oh, really? I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Said so, yeah, Mortal Kombat great had the, movie. the yeah. highest number of um HBO Max views. Uh this is I think this was fourth or fifth. Uh Space Jam was was ranked ahead of this, which is every everything that's wrong when about you said, this world. When you said I would hate it, when you said I would hate it, I assumed it would be Space Jam because yeah, yeah, that movie is uh, <laughs> trash. <laughs> uh, but it's got LeBron in it. And it does. I guess it it's does. more famous than Frank Herbert's June. Hundred <laughs> percent is. There's no question on that. <laughs> LeBron is hundred percent more famous than Frank Herbert's June. <laughs> <laughs> it's like millions, millions of people in America that follow it on Instagram. How many people follow Frank Herbert's June on Instagram? It doesn't even have an Instagram page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're probably right. But there is a cult following for for June. In particular, the, the books yes. and even that 1984 movie, which I haven't seen. There's a bit of a cult following for it, but apparently that that movie's not that good because they there was just there is a lot of content in the book, and it's pretty hard to fit it all into one movie, which was also the case with this one because then they're doing it over two movies now. So, um, and even in this movie, there's a lot of information that you have to sort of take in. All right, I guess we'll jump to positives and negatives, and we kind of sort of already talked about some of the things, but I think that the biggest positive in this one is it could be a negative for some people, but it does take its time to build the world. So there's a, it's, there's a lot of lore in, in Dune. There's, like a, there's a lot happening. Um, there's sort of a political side to the story, which is like the main – it's actually the main part of the story. Like there's some politics happening between – certain houses and i know why you said this is similar to game of thrones because basically is that in space yeah i didn't think you would like that part of it because you're not a huge game of thrones fan i'm not anti game of thrones i just like i think the story is interesting i just don't think um 
the other stuff's that interesting. Like the the the, the central story itself is good, but I think the execution, especially obviously in the last season, that where everyone didn't like it. I just didn't want to invest that much time into Game of Thrones. But this was was good. There's there's obviously the sci-fi element to it, and it's based like way way in the future. I think it's like ten thousand and something. They have the year at the start of the movie. So there's some cool sci-fi stuff happening, which they had to sort of build that up. There's all these characters and this complex relationship between the characters, which they had to build up. I think the story, well, the story is basically based around the house of house of Atreides, which is the main the main house where Timothy Chalamet is from, Paul. And then there's these Harkonnens. I guess they're kind of the bad, weird, bald guys. Yeah, the, the weird, bald guys. And then there's an empire. There's an emperor who kind of orders like he has leadership around all the all of the prominent families so i've got some details maybe we'll talk about it in spoilers around the main families and how it sort of all works in terms of the structure uh, but yeah there's a lot to build up and they take their time and for me because i had read the book and i had a bit of background on it it was digestible for me but i'd be interested to see your thoughts on this because i, okay. I definitely think they skipped over like they Go through a lot of stuff pretty quickly. Yeah. Look, I think I understood it, but maybe I didn't understand it as well. Like, on the surface, I most of it was digestible, I guess, but there is, yeah, there is a fair few. There's, like, lots of exposition, isn't there, to begin with, and they go through a lot of stuff. I would say the whole movie, basically up till about 60% of the movie, is exposition. Six percent. Yeah, just- but it's not just it's not just people talking though. They do exposition in different ways to yeah. keep it interesting, I guess. But I guess they show they definitely show don't tell. I think they follow that. It's not like someone just telling you stuff. It's they definitely show you a lot of the stuff rather than people telling you, uh, which could also make it less digestible because you really have to pay attention. Look, I think I got it, but unless we go into the story and the spoilers, I probably. You wouldn't be able to tell me if I actually got it. So, but watching it, I, I definitely felt like there were some parts that were skipped over. I'm like, what, what does this actually mean? But overall, I think I got the gist of it. Like I said, it's visually, even if you don't really get what's happening, I think visually it's just so stunning that you kind of won't get bored. Like just because you're watching something that's so, it just looks so good on the screen. And on that point, I would say, Definitely don't do what we did and watch it at the cinema. I think it's definitely worth just that experience. I think the sound, I watched it with uh, on a 4K monitor with headphones. So the sound is amazing. The soundtrack is probably one of the best Hans Zimmer soundtracks or um, background scores that I've heard for a long time. Probably since Interstellar, I would say. It's his best one. The, the background score is really good. Like we said, the cast is for what they're in it for, they're really good. If you're a fan of Zendaya, she's not in it that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a spoiler. That's a it's a spoiler. But but if you yeah I mean yeah I guess it is a spoiler if you don't know anything about the the books. But in the books, she's also not in it that much. At least in the first half. Some things that are mixed on, I wouldn't say they're negatives, but I'm a bit mixed on is that it doesn't really have a resolution to the story. So it kind of sets up a lot of stuff. Yeah. But well, when when the movie first starts, it says Jude Part One, doesn't it? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is not this is not just one movie. It's going to be more. But I get what you mean. Like you get to the start to the end, 
the end kind of just happens and it's like, okay. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's like a, like this is a good stopping point for this part of the movie. It, it felt like it could have kept going from there as well. So I thought it was okay, but it definitely felt like this is a prequel to a better movie. Yeah. I think you really need to watch both of them, I guess, to get the full experience. But comparing this to other movies that come in parts, a good trilogy, I guess, is Lord, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And each movie has its own resolution. Like, there's a story, there's an overarching story, but then each movie also has its own a conflict and resolution, each one. This one sets up a conflict, but it, I felt like it didn't have a resolution. It just, it just, like you said, it just kind of finishes and that's it. That felt a bit empty. Like, when you, when you finish watching it, you're like, that was fine, but. There was also some questions that I thought might be answered that weren't answered that I'm guessing we have to wait till the second one to figure out what those questions are. But yeah, like there's a lot of stuff that comes up and then they just, they don't give you any resolution for any of it at the end. Dune, the the original novel, was actually inspiration for Star Wars. So you see a lot of- um, Yeah, because it's got uh, it's got spice like Star Wars. <laughs> Spice. It's got an emperor-like Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Spice, yeah. not Spice. Spice. Spice, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing with this, isn't it? It's all about Spice. Yeah. So, it's, um, yeah, and we'll, we could get into what that all means, but there's, we haven't really talked about story, and I guess, do we want to? It's- yeah, We could talk about it a little bit. I, it's got a lot of parallels to, to Star Wars, actually, a lot of other stuff, but yeah, it's a Game of Thrones-esque, there's different houses- but yeah, there's this place. What, what's the planet called? Arrakis. Arrakis. Yeah. Arrakis. In the in the movie, it's called Arrakis. I don't know how they pronounce it in the book. I think um, I think in the book they called it Arrakis. But um, yeah, I mean it's yeah whatever it is. It's the it's the yeah, it's so also called place, the Dune planet or the desert planet. The Dune. So, yeah. yeah, it's the Dune. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and there's sand on the planet that's spice, and essentially that powers the spaceships. So yeah. That there's one house that was there and they got rich off it, and then House of Trades comes in, and then the they're trying to were previously there, and then they were ordered yeah, by the Emperor. That's Dave Batista's one. Yeah, so Dave Batista's in that, and Stellan Skarsgård. He's the he's the Baron of the house. But you never you never see the Emperor. The Emperor's not in this, so I'm not sure what his deal is. And like, yeah, there's meant to be like a chosen one, which is kind of like Star Wars, and um, yeah. Everyone thinks it's Tim- Timothy Chalamet, even though he's got the most normal name in the galaxy, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the most... Well, I guess Luke is pretty generic as well, so... I guess so, yeah. It's it's definitely Star Wars meets Game of Thrones, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. There's there's not that much stuff in space. It's mostly just on this planet, but there's not there's not much of like... If you're, if you're looking for like spaceship battles and stuff, you're not... It's none of that. Um, it's not really that sort of movie. And there's also a lot of parallels in terms of, and I guess this is in every every story, like whenever there's a story about a chosen one, like Harry Potter as well, or like even Lord of the Rings with Frodo, uh, there's a lot of parallels with that, except in this, they, like I said, they don't get anywhere near the, the conflict resolution. So it's kind of like you get a taste of it, but mm. nothing. You're really still happens. not sure if he is the chosen one. He yeah. could not be. He might not be, yeah. I have a feeling he is, though. Yeah, <laughs> probably is. I think that's the biggest negative. Like, it's a bit anticlimactic. That's the only negative I had. Yeah, maybe if we get both of them together, then it would feel like a more complete movie. But saying that, this should be a complete movie by itself. So, 
I, I think that's, yeah, they kind of let us down a little bit there. And I feel like it could have, I think that this sort of material maybe lends itself better to a TV show rather than a movie, potentially, like Game of Thrones. I think, I, I think there's so much content and information there that maybe a movie might not be the best way to, to approach this. But then again, with a TV show, you have like budget constraints and you won't be able to do it at the scale that they were able to do it in this movie. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see for the second one because if that one ties up all these loose ends and does it well, then then it's then it's all good. Anything else non-spoiler? Nah, no, nothing I can think of at the moment. I give it a cognitive recalibration. I think it's definitely worth a watch. I think it's probably the most... At least from a visual and technical standpoint, like costumes, background score, sets, CGI, all of that stuff, it's probably the best movie this year, just from that, all the technical stuff. Which is what Danny Villeneuve good, is good at. I wouldn't say it's my favourite movie this year. It's it's very good, though. It's it's probably not targeted at... Or it is targeted at my kind of audience, but I think I prefer something not not as slow as this. But yeah, if if you like slow burns that look visually stunning, then this will this right up your alley, essentially. So yeah, I get a cognitive recalibration. It's worth a watch, definitely worth a watch um, in the cinema. All right, I guess we're done with spoilers. So if you haven't watched Dune or Dune or June, watch it. <laughs> Come back to this point in the episode. I'll put the I'll put the timestamps in the description below, and then you can listen to our spoilers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
All right, I can give you a bit of background on like how the whole structure works. I'll explain what I get, and then you add to the. Uh, you, are we talking about plot? Yeah, yeah. So you you can fill in the gaps that I don't understand. Yeah. So essentially, the yeah the emperor kicks off the Harkonnens, and he tells House Atreides to come and take care of the spice business. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And the, the main plot essentially is they they get sabotage and the Harkonnens come back and kill them. Yeah. So, yeah, that there's one part I don't understand there, but I'll come back to that in a sec. And then the other kind of part is Rebecca Ferguson, her when she comes from like a clan of witches. Benny is that right? Or Yeah. Yep, yep. And they I only know this because uh, someone told me this. It's not really explained in the movie, but the Harkonnens were meant to have a boy, which is Dave Batista, and House Atreides was meant to have a girl, which is was meant to be Timothy Chalamet, but she chose to have a boy instead. Mm-hmm. They kind of brush over it, but I think that's what I think that's what they said. So yeah, so the Bene Gesserit, they there's this prophecy anyway that they they're gonna give birth to. A boy. So traditionally, they all have girls, the Bene Gesserits. But there's this, yeah, there's this prophecy that they're going to give birth to the uh, Kwisatz Hazarak or whatever. It's got a yeah, the the chosen one. Yeah, it's, it's got a lot of names. So, but the 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 chosen one wasn't meant to be the. It wasn't meant to be Timothy Chalamet. It's essentially meant to be Timothy Chalamet's son. It's meant to be the chosen one. So they want to have a daughter and then have a son afterwards, don't they? And that's meant to be the chosen one. Yes, but I think she wanted to. Um, I think she just wanted to give birth to the to the. the yeah, I think yeah. she wanted to have the chosen one. Yeah. Essentially, did she? Yeah, so yeah. she kind of. And yeah, they've got a lot of names for the chosen one. The Quizats Hazarak is is what they call him, but um, the people on Arrakis also call him something as well. They have this same prophecy, and apparently, it was all started by the Bene Gesserit as well. Okay, yeah. so what's the chosen one meant to do? Well, on Arrakis is meant to bring them freedom because they've been oppressed by the Empire all this time. But it essentially, is meant to—it's kind of like Luke is meant to like Luke Skywalker is meant to bring freedom to the universe, essentially. But does it the better Jesuit work for the Empire? Yes, the Emperor. Basically, so why did they what the? They're they're the ones that are like kind of controlling the Empire from the shadows, essentially. Okay, so why did they want the chosen one? That because is it the chosen one going to destroy them? Well, they think that he'll he'll work for them, but um, this is the part that oh, I haven't okay. like this is the part that I haven't got into yet because I don't think that's what actually happens in the end. Okay, because I, yep. I think he's got other plans potentially. Okay, yeah. So and then also when the, I think that's that's basically the overarching story that happens here. And at the end, he kills some bloke and he joins the, what, what are those guys Fremens. called who live on Arrakis? Fremens. Yeah, he joins He joins them yeah. and essentially going to help them so they're just the overthrow locals. the empire. Yeah, they're just the locals on, on this planet, the Fremens. So, yeah, pretty much what you said is right. So there's this collection of houses called the Lands, Landsrad. I don't think they even say this, but, yeah, that's basically what it is. There's like a collection of great houses and wealthy families that basically rule over the whole universe and they all report up to the the emperor. Um, and the house of Carino is the house of the emperor, uh, the imperial house. And then there's all this like 
there's like this economy that they run as well. So there's all of the houses have shares in this thing called the Chome. And the Chome is kind of like, I don't know, it's like Amazon. It's like it's like a really big uh, enterprise that basically runs the, the universe. They also have like people that work for them. Like I think they're called the Guild that work for them. And they have a monopoly on intergalactic or interstellar travel. So basically you can't go anywhere without them. So they need to they need to transport you. And then that's all controlled. Uh, the highest share of that is controlled by the emperor. So that's the kind of structure. And then the house of Karina, which is the emperor's house, they have their own soldiers, which are the Sardaka. Were they in this movie? Yeah, they're the ones that were that were killing everyone at the end. Oh, so those weren't the Harkonnens. Those weren't the Harkonnens. No. So the the reason. So the Harkonnens and the Empire work together to kill. House of Atreides? No, not exactly. Because the House of Atreides started to get more popular and the Emperor was getting jealous that they might overthrow him eventually. So he wanted to kill the House of Atreides by sending them to Arrakis because he knew that the Harkonnens would go to war with them. Pretty much, it was it was all just a conspiracy to get them to die and, and their bloodline. And then he sends his army as well. So I think they what they want to do and I, I'm not up to this in the book, but basically they want to get all the other houses and gang up on the, the Empire. Okay. How, uh, is there a lot of other houses? Yeah, I think there's like six other houses or something. There's Yeah. The the only ones you see in this movie are Harkonnens and the, and the Atreides. Are the Fremens a house or is that just a... No, nah, they're just like, a, they're just like locals. Just people. Yeah, they, they don't have any yeah. power. Yeah, and then the Bene Gesserit, so they've been secretly crossing bloodlines across all the houses trying to find the um, the chosen one. This is not at all explained in the movie, but basically uh, Jessica, I think she's related to Harkonnens. So she, she actually has a bloodline to the Harkonnens. So Paul is actually like half Harkonnen or something as well. Okay. I thought, yeah, I thought it was something else. But I, I, you, you've read the book, so I've, I'm probably totally in the wrong. But yeah, I thought that... So at the end Jessica of book, was meant to have a daughter. Even in even in the book, there's two. Like there's book one as well, and book two in the in the in the actual book. At the end of book one, you find out that Paul he has like visions, and he has visions throughout this movie as well. Like he has a vision that her his mother, so Jessica, is the daughter of the Baron. So he's the grandson of the Baron. Oh, okay, fair enough. They purposely got Jessica to marry into the Atreides family so that they could have that bloodline as, as well. But she didn't know about it. And she she didn't even know who her mother was, so she she doesn't know. But basically, they're half Harkonnen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, she's actually full Harkonnen, Interesting. I think. But, oh, no, she's half Bene Gesserit and half Harkonnen. Paul's visions, they're unreliable, aren't they? Because he sees stuff and sometimes that doesn't isn't happen. exactly what happens. I think, yeah, because he has visions of... um. That guy that he kills, so yeah, and he's like they're they're friends or whatever. But no, he's he's not friends. He just kills him. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's not explained, and I guess it, maybe it's explained later in the book as well. But in the book, he doesn't have all these visions. He has more visions of like what's going to happen to the Atreides family, and like he also knows that. Uh, and in this, he does know. He he knows that his mom's pregnant as well with his sister. I don't know if they say that in this, but it's he he has a sister. Yeah, yeah, they say it at the end, don't they? But the thing they like skip over completely in this movie is like the whole first book is they suspect that there's a traitor in the midst and they actually think it's Jessica 
at one stage because she gets that um, dagger from the from Mapes from the from the servant. So he there's they always suspect that it might have been Jessica because they don't completely trust her. It ends up being who it is, it, which is the Doctor. There's a lot of setup behind that, and there's like they even meet up with the Fremens and stuff and have like this mini party thing. And the ecologist has a bit more of a prominent role, so they kind of skip over all of that. And then Duncan Idaho is like kind of a different character in this. Like he's similar in that, but he causes he brings like you know the whole sequence where they get attacked and then um, Oscar Isaac gets killed and all of that. Like it begins with yep. with Duncan Idaho because he comes he comes drunk to the to the to the um is it a castle I don't know well it's like to the to where they live the palace or whatever yeah the palace yeah. he comes drunk and then he tells Jessica that they're suspecting her as well and that's where the whole thing starts but yeah they completely skip over all of that so they don't really do any of any of that stuff and they kind of skip over Paul's training as well so he gets trained in the Benny Gesserit ways so they have that scene where he puts his hand in the box thing so that's that's kind of like the first major thing that happens in the book like that's like the third chapter or something or second chapter it's like the one of the first things that happened but it kind of happens a bit later in the in the movie yeah i mean they didn't follow the structure of the book to the t which makes sense because for the movie might not have worked and you probably didn't need to go into all of that detail uh but they never really Mm. explained that the only person that completely trusted Jessica was actually Leto, even up till his death. Who's who's he? Is he Oscar Isaac? I, yeah, the the yeah the Duke Oscar Isaac. Does uh does Josh Brolin die? Uh I don't think so. we don't see him die, do we? I don't think he dies. No, does he die in the book? I don't think so. Okay, so he's still he's still kicking around. And even Howard, I, I don't think he dies either. He's the other security dude, the guy with the white eyes. Okay, yeah, with the line on his mouth. Again, I've only read half the book, so maybe he dies later, but he hasn't died yet. Why does there's a guy with the there's that guy the the Atreides guy the line with the line on his mouth, but then there's also David Dashmalger for Harkonnens. He's also got a line on his mouth. What does that indicate? What's that about? Oh, you mean so how out that the security guy has a line on his mouth? Yeah, yeah, and then David Dasmalcher for um, they're not for actually also has one. I don't think they're in the family. I think they're just the security people, so they're not like part of the family. So, yeah. if you if you're in the security, you get a line on your mouth. I guess so. In this movie, you do. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. Does Josh yep. Brolin have one? <laughs> no, because he's part. Of, he's it's only that people. guy. I I think it's like the chief chief security person. Yep. Okay. Because he also has the white eyes thing, doesn't he? What's the white eyes thing about? They never did. They like see stuff. I, I can't remember that being in the book, so it must just be a yeah. There's stuff like that that just doesn't get explained, and I just they just breeze over it. Yeah, the book's also like very super descriptive. Like even just listening to it, like you got to kind of concentrate things that are actually happening. That like not that many things actually happen, but there's a lot of like description and like ex- explanation of like all the the complexities of the characters and stuff that happens in the book it's hard to cover in a movie i guess spice so we should probably talk about spice so spice is a really important thing in this universe so essentially it's like it's a, it's a metaphor for oil because oil was the the most valuable commodity in the world now they're saying it's data is the most valuable commodity in the world but essentially it's 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 meant to be a metaphor for the most valuable commodity in this universe. And the reason the 
Empire wants control of it is because it is so valuable and there's there's a couple of reasons for it because it's it's an energy source but it's also it also makes you like highly intent it's got like some does it make you like a superhero because your eyes turn blue <laughs> not exactly i think for some people it gives them like additional abilities like for paul it makes him like look into the future and stuff if you have those abilities but otherwise it's just like it just makes you more attentive and like it increases your lifespan so it makes you live like twice as long and it's also very highly addictive. So apparently everyone, like all of the houses, apparently they're all addicted to this. So that's another reason that they can't get rid of it. And the reason they didn't want the Atreides family to live there was because, or like there's, they want strict rules around this planet because they don't want the desert to go away or the worms to go away. So there's a reason they don't kill those worms because those worms, the sandworms, they need to exist for the spice to exist. And they also don't want to bring too much water because that will also destroy the spice. So they want this planet to stay the way it is. It's economically beneficial for them, and then it's, it's they're also addicted to it. So they they'll die. Do they, are they addicted to it in House of Trades? They don't have no, blue eyes. So. so they're not because they've never seen it before. Because they live they they're from Caladan, and that's like a water planet. And you're probably confused when you know when the Javier Bardem turns up. And he just, like, spits on the ground? Yeah. Were you confused by that? <laughs> Don't they explain it? They're like, that's his way of uh, welcoming you or something? Yeah, So, and the reason for that is because they live on a desert planet and water is so, water is so scarce, it's, like, a really valuable thing for them. And the way they show respect is by spitting because that's, like, water. So they're essentially giving up water to to greet someone. So that's that was the reasoning for it. But the, yeah, in the book, there's just like there's all this stuff around what there's not enough water on the planet, but it's meant to be that way because they want they don't want to lose the spice, and that's another yeah like yeah they've got those suits, don't they? They got the suits that like make everything into water for them. Yeah, like they convert sweat and stuff into water. But yeah, that's that's the whole thing around the the spice and that's that's where all the political tension comes from as well so it's all around this this commodity essentially yeah i think that's that's it i probably didn't explain it that well because like i said this book is like pretty dense so maybe it's actually better to like either listen to it really attentively when you're listening to the audiobook or uh, actually just read it because then you might absorb it better but it's yeah there's there's a lot happening i think i got most of it watching the movie like it doesn't sound like i missed anything major, but they definitely do breeze over some of this stuff that you discussed that uh, you kind of have to make some leaps to understand it, but you still get the overall story from just watching the movie. You might miss little things, but you'll get the overall story. But yeah, if there's any like Dune enthusiasts, let us know because I would like to know more about this stuff as well, like this book and the and the lore behind it, because I think it's going to be pretty hard to cover everything in the movie, like they'll probably skip over stuff like I've just explained, and it's just you just got to assume it that it's yeah that it's important. I was a bit distracted by Oscar Isaac's beard because it was so good. Oh, fair enough. It's a good beard, yeah. I I, I agree. Timothy Chalamet is quite skinny. He's definitely so. Paul is meant to be fifteen. He's definitely not fifteen, is he? I think Timothy Chalamet in real life's like twenty seven, like my age. I thought it was like twenty one, which is still much older than what he's meant to be. He's 25. Yeah, so he's two years younger than me. He's 25. Yep, he's from... Oh, he's from New York. Okay, I thought he was French, but no, he's not. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a French name. 
<laughs> he's uh yeah, he's not your normal like not even like Tom Holland like ripped. He's just like he's just skinny. He's just yeah, he's <laughs> just, just thin guy. Yeah. He's just very very slim. You just don't expect uh that kind of look for someone in this kind of character, but it works. Yeah, he's meant to be 15. So I guess there's not many 15-year-olds that are completely ripped. So uh, unless you're Spider-Man. Yeah, but isn't Spider-Man meant to be like 17? Yeah. Yeah, but he's got like superpowers. So Yeah, fair enough. A a lot of people are comparing Timothy Chalamet to like young Leonardo DiCaprio. He's like, apparently he's like similar to that. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, he's the only blockbuster he ever did was Titanic. Like an actual blockbuster movie. The rest of them are like pretty art house. I think uh, I think Timothy Chalamet is probably going to mostly do art house stuff. All right, I've got some trivia. So, like I said before, Hans Zimmer is a fan of Dune, and he opted to do this movie over Tenet. So, David Lynch, who was the director of the previous Dune, the nineteen eighty four Dune, uh, said that he has zero interest in Dune twenty twenty one. He cited that he's Issues with the new movie have nothing to do with director Denis Villeneuve, but his own painful memories of making the 1984 version, because apparently he, yeah, it was a failure and he didn't particularly like his own movie. One thing I did notice in this movie, it's got like Arabic undertones, like the the music and everything. It feels like it's like very heavily inspired by like Arabic stories, I guess, which is true because that's what Frank Herbert wanted in the, in the novel as well. So all the names and stuff like that, every, everything on that planet, essentially, they call him something. I, I wrote it down. They call him Lisan Al-Gaib. Ah, uh, yeah, something like that. They, yeah. they call him the Lisan Al-Gaib. And then there's the Shai Hulud, which is meant to be like the sacred sandworm where the, the dagger is from. So, yeah, just stuff like that. It definitely has inspirations from Arabic culture. Where do you think this movie was shot? Where? It, they went to some desert. Uh pfft. Just, I, I don't know just which pick desert. A, pick a place where there's a desert and you'll probably get it right. Is it in America? Nah. Nah. Oh, did they go to the place where they did Star Wars um, in Africa? No. So it's it's shot in Abu Dhabi. Oh, they did Abu Dhabi. Yeah. I, I think Star Wars was Africa, like Ethiopia or something. So, somewhere like that. But there's a desert in Nevada as well, isn't there? So they could have shot it well, there. I think they wanted the dunes. So they wanted... Uh, yeah, fair enough. They wanted... Yeah, because we've got a desert here in Australia as well, but it doesn't look like this this type of desert. So I think no. they wanted um, they wanted that type of desert. So they went to Jordan and Abu Dhabi for uh, Arrakis and for Caladan. Where do you think they shot that? They're only there for which about, one's Caladan? Where they come from? The the first planet that they're on. Oh, the Atreides place somewhere like England, Scotland. That looks it's looks somewhere like there. Norway. Oh, okay, fair enough. And although not mentioned in the movie, the Great Houses originally come from Earth, explaining the use of Latin terms such as Bene Gesserit, which means well done, and the Scandinavian word lands, Landsrad, uh, the Dutch name Diveris, are all from Earth. So although they live on a planet called Caladan, the Atreides family has their roots in Earth's Greece, where the Minoan civilization was strongly associated with the bull creature Minotaurus. So um, I think they mentioned very briefly that Oscar Isaac's dad used to do bullfighting or something. Oh, yeah, they do at the start. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, so it's, it's linked to that. And then Atreides, the name itself, is based off the Greek king, Atreus, which is a character mentioned in the Iliad. And Atreides literally means the son of Atreus. They don't really explain that in the book either. I think this is more just like subtext that they've inferred from it. Inferred. 
Denny Villeneuve's plans for June 2021 were quite ambitious as he hopes to make it the Star Wars he never saw. So essentially, it's I think he called it Star Wars for adults, which means Star Wars in his in his eyes, Star Wars is for kids. <laughs> it's for kids. Yeah. yeah. Which is basically, I guess it is, sort of. <laughs> well, if you take a kid to watch this, he's not going to enjoy it. So <laughs> I guess Star Wars is for adults and kids, and this is purely for adults. Interesting thing about Oscar Isaac, because he's in Star Wars, the latest Star Wars, and he's a pilot in that. And then in this, he also says that he wanted to become a pilot. He wanted to be a pilot. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know if that was a thing from the books or if it was... Just to think that they added in. I can't remember if it was in the books because that conversation that they have, it goes for about 15 minutes in terms of like reading in the book. It's like a pretty long conversation. It's like a minute in the movie. And I, yeah, I did explain that. You remember when the Baron Harkonnen calls Oscar Isaac his cousin? Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. That's implying their family. But yeah, basically in the expanded universe, part of the Benny Jesuit plan is to get the Quizats Hatherak and the Reverend Mother requested a child from the Baron and then he basically had a daughter with her, which is who is Jess who is Jessica. And then Jessica has has Paul. So it's kind of all linked in some way. Oh, and that's that's also the reason why the Baron can't you know how he like floats? He's got like this Yeah, he's got like a spine. He's got a glowy spine. Apparently that's because when he had the child with the Bene Gesserit. She cursed him and he couldn't walk after that. Okay. Why'd she do that? <laughs> oh, because it wasn't like consensual. Oh, okay. I don't think it's explicitly explained in the book. I think that's all I had in terms of trivia. But yeah, it's pretty dense. There's there's a lot happening. Dylan Skarsgård looked uh, pretty menacing as the Baron. He did. A lot of makeup. I couldn't tell that it was actually him until you saw his eyes, I guess. It didn't really look like him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in the original Dune, the 1984 Dune, the uh, Harkonnens were all redheads. So that was their like their staple feature. Defining factor. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, in this, they just made them bald. And in this one, they're all bald. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no eyebrows either. Yeah, just Which is no very hair. creepy. So I hear Jason Momoa comes back, though, in, in sequels as clones. Okay. Yeah, because um, he does have visions of Jason Momoa with the Fremens. In the book, as far as I know... Duncan Idaho hasn't actually died yet in, in what I'm reading. Oh, okay. So I think they've done yeah. some stuff. Oh, he's dead at this. Yeah, I think they did some stuff in different orders because at the end of the and at the end of book one, Paul has like that whole vision around like where his where his family's from and all of that stuff and like what he's meant to do. Which hasn't happened in the movie yet. Are you looking forward to Willy Wonka starring Timothy Chalamet? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not something I asked for or wanted. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's directed by the, I'm pretty sure it's directed by the same guy who made Paddington. It is, yeah. Which they're good movies, so maybe it'll be all right. But I don't I don't really think I wanted a Willy Wonka origin story ever. Yeah, I think that's all we had about June. Again, I'm not a yeah. Like, it was pretty good. I'm not an expert on on June. Like I've read half the book, so I might have probably said some stuff that are probably not right. Um, so if you know a lot about June, just do let us know. Yeah, we know nothing about it. Well, especially me. I've, I only know what I saw in this movie. <laughs> so if people do want to get in touch with us, how do they go about it? So you can contact us at cognitive recalibration podcast at gmail.com or we're on all other platforms at uh, cognitive recalibration. Yes, and if you want to get in touch with us, uh, 
No, if you want to support us, you can do so via giving us a review on iTunes or your podcast streaming service of choice. Uh, that makes us more discoverable on search engines. So when people search for June Review, there's hundreds and thousands of them. They might find us in one of the top 10. Oh, yeah, it just came to me. So the Benny Gesserit, they probably want this chosen one because maybe they'll have... Because the emperor, he's not. He's technically not under their control. He could do whatever he wants, but they're kind of like in the shadows trying to manipulate him. Maybe, I think they think that they'll have like complete control over over this chosen one. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So they want someone they could uh, control. Fair enough. But I, I also don't know if like the, the Benny Gesserit, I don't think they're bad as such. I don't think they have like evil intentions. As far as I know, like what, from what I've read, maybe they just want freedom across across the universe. Yeah, it looks like there's a there's a lot of unanswered questions, which we hopefully get a bit more answers. And they also yeah. have like powers, don't they? Like they're they're witches, but they they can like it's basically like the force. Like they can they can make you do stuff. Yeah, yeah, they can use their words to make you do things. So you can definitely see the parallels with Star Wars from this. Like there's a lot of stuff that Star Wars used from this. Yeah, it is. It's. I think it's a simpler version of this, essentially. All right, so next episode, we're going to be talking about our long-awaited review of Shang-Chi. We finally got to watch it. We watched it in the cinema just a couple of days ago, so we'll be talking about that. That episode will probably come out midweek because we'll have Eternals next, like in, in the next immediate week, so you'll get two Marvel movies in a row. Movie, movie reviews in a row. Yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah, and then we've got a whole bunch of other movies that we are going to catch up on after that. So there's there's a lot of content coming up. Can't wait to get back to Marvel reviews. Stuff we know a bit more yeah, about. Yeah, stuff we know a bit more about. Like stuff as dense as this, it's kind of hard to like cover without having a complete knowledge of of the material. Mm. So it's yeah. Whereas Marvel, like we also don't have a complete knowledge of that. We don't have a complete knowledge of anything to be honest. But uh, we know a bit more about Marvel. Cool, cool. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you're all staying safe, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. See ya. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 